0: And welcome to the Ripples in Space podcast. I'm John Davis.
1: And this is Kate Reagan. Um, we haven't
0: done a podcast in a couple of weeks, but rest assured, we've been very busy with all kinds of things here at Ripples in Space, and we've got some new content ready to roll out. We're getting new stories submitted and also working on podcasts, so that's kind of cool. Um, this week's story is by
1: uh, James Romansky. Got a nice little, kind of sad story for us today, but it's very sweet.
0: Kate will be uh, reading the story and I will do the bio. So thank you for joining us and get ready for
1: The 50th Bridge.
0: James Romanski is a graduate from New Mexico State University with a few publications under his belt, including a comic book and a handful of short stories.
1: The Fiftieth Bridge by James Romansky Jake's eyelids wavered under their exhausted weight. They were heavy, heavier than they had been in weeks. He fought against the weakness of his lids until they were open. The room around him was dark. The drapes and curtains were drawn in a tight close. Faint light crept through, only to be snuffed out by a drab carpet. His heart monitor seemed lower than it had ever been. Each shrill beep sent thudding misery behind his eyes. Anguish circled him like the high noon buzzards of the spaghetti westerns he loved, pricking his nerves with each breath, their midnight dark wings fluttered close, sending pained tremors through his body. They swooped with each tortured exhale, only to retreat again and soar high above him, waiting for the next gale that brought him nearer to the end. On the ceiling, a water stain loomed. Jig couldn't tear his eyes from it. It hung there, a constant reminder that his home had fallen into a slow state of disrepair. He was alone with the pain, the beeping and the humming of the machine, and the stain. They were the only things that truly existed to him. His breath came in a slow ebb and flow. His chest labored up and down. The slight rattle from his lungs hung in the thick air. The space between the mechanical heart blips seemed to lengthen, stretching from a few seconds to nearly a minute. The last beep hit his ear, and then the thudding pain behind his eyes faded until entirely subsiding. The deep-rooted tendrils of the agony that flexed through him receded to nothingness. Jake felt another hand sliding into his. "'Hello, Jay,' said a familiar voice. He turned his head sluggishly to find a young redhead. She sat in the recliner his children had placed near the bed. Her lips were full, painted a dark maroon against her opaline skin. His breath escaped as his eyes focused on her. Lenore he asked. At the sound of the name, the woman shook her head. Tears welled in his eyes. He no longer had the strength to sit up, but he tried anyway. Her hand found his chest and kept him down, soothing him with her touch. Her hand was smooth. Her face looked as it did in the old photos that resided in the albums. She wore her wedding band. It was no longer nicked and chipped from the time she had dropped it in the garbage disposal. He had seen his wife grow old alongside him, yet here she sat, youthful and stunning. How? he asked. His voice was weak and small. I'm here. It's okay. She stood and leaned over him and fluffed his pillow. Her dress fit tightly around her waist. He recognized the pattern. Winding light purple flowers over the eggshell colored fabric. That dress, he lifted his hand up to her. Where did we get it? Amarillo? he asked. His voice was little more than a whisper. Santa Fe, she corrected as she sat and crossed her legs in one graceful motion. Audrey Hepburn never looked so good. Jake smiled. His words had left him breathless. I'm sorry we didn't make it to California, Lynn. Regret swam across him. We were so close. California isn't for everyone, she replied, looking back at him tenderly. It was the last one, Jake said, squeezing her hand. We just needed one more. They both looked at the numerous photos hanging on the wall. Each picture frame held a photo of Jake and Lenore, each in front of a different bridge, kissing one another. Each was dated and labeled in black pen in the bottom left hand corner. Gradually through the photos, the two grew older until the most recent. Washington State, september twenty first, twenty nineteen. Forty nine states. His voice was as far away as his memory had wandered. Lenore, how's this happening? Jake asked as he gripped her hand. I knew her. She was... She paused, searching for the right words. Unlike all the others before her, some lights are hard to put out. I don't understand. What are you talking about? he asked, puzzled. Everyone sees the thing they loved most in this life, she simply stated. You loved Lenore. You don't sound like yourself, Jake observed. Her eyes held tenderness, but not the love he had come to know so well over the decades. Her smile was the same, but lacked the laughter that always followed closely. I know, she said. I can only get so close. She pursed her lips and traced her crimson hair behind an ear. You really aren't her, Jake realized. She shook her head slowly. His eyes outlined her perfected features. Her skin held no blemish. The freckles she had accumulated over her life had faded, nearly unnoticeable. Her hand, holding his, lacked the scar, the one that usually resided over the top of it. A perfect line of dark tissue, a burn by the oven only a few months into their marriage. She lacked all the things that made up the woman he spent his life with, everything that made her human. Who are you? he asked. I don't remember all the names, she said dismissively. Lenore and I met here motioning toward the room around her. After you two returned from Seattle, she didn't say much. Usually, people have so many questions at the end. They plead or sob, but not her. She asked one question. That was all. Her eyes found their way to the photo on the nightstand, Jake and Lenore. We sat for a while until the sunrise. When she was ready, I took her she stated. Her eyes were steady and focused on his. Peaceful, she assured. Seattle, Jake said absently, his voice trailing off. In the months after he had gotten sick, she took care of him. She kept him alive until that morning in March, when she was no longer with him. Did it hurt her when she went? His voice cracked as the memory of waking next to her flooded over him. Lenore's eyes had peacefully watched the window, forever painted as his last moments with her. "'The end always does, but she never let go of your hand. Not once,' she said, shaking her head and holding up a finger. Plum nail polish, Lenore's favorite. "'Not till she was gone,' She left him with the machines alone. What did she ask? Jake pushed the stained memory from his mind. She wanted to know if I was lonely. Sadness snuffed her kind smile. Jake saw her retreat, glancing down and away from him. She smoothed the lines of the dress, and there was a long pause between the two of them. No beeps from the machines, no ambient noise. No one else has ever asked that, she said finally, in a somber tone that Lenore never carried in life. Jake patted her hand tenderly, becoming aware of how old his own looked in comparison. He lifted her chin so she could meet his eyes. She was a -a once-in-a-lifetime kind of gal. Jake squeezed her hand with what little strength he could muster. She nodded and held his in return like Lenore would have, stroking his knuckles with her thumb and weaving figure eights between them. She twisted his wedding band around his finger. He pointed to his bedside table where the photo of him and the real Lenore sat. She handed it to him, placing it in his free hand. They stood frozen within the frame. Her features were older than the imitator who sat beside him now, his Lenore. Under a shadow of a gazebo down near the Mexican border, they had held one another. She wore the dress the imitator had conjured. She kicked out a leg behind her and was kissing his cheek. He smiled, the genuine grin she always drew out of him. Ready? she asked softly. What comes next? his voice but a whisper. "'It's time,' the imitator answered, giving his hand a soft squeeze. "'Will I see her again?' Jake asked. He spoke a little louder than his breathing had become. "'I don't know. I'm only in charge of the bridge,' she said. Her voice sunk, and she leaned over him. She kissed his forehead lightly, the way Lenore always had. Goodbye, Jay.
0: And that was The 50th Bridge. A poignant tale.
1: I was just so sad. I mean, it's so, it's beautifully written and I, I think it's really great how Whatever this being is, it transforms into the thing you love most, and that's what you get to see at the very end. I think that was really sweet. And what's cool is that all this being says is just that they're in charge of the bridge, but you don't know where the bridge leads to. I thought that was kind of cool.
0: A sad, happy tale, a happy, sad tale. love' them. very good um Thank you for sending that to us james uh anybody who's listening to this? Feel free to send us your work. We love to read new and exciting fiction. Um, you can send us work to our website and uh, continue to listen to our podcast. It's really great to have all the support out there.
1: Yes, so thank you guys for listening and we hope that you'll be tuning in in the uh, weeks to come. We've got some new exciting things on the horizon.
0: From all of us here at Ribbles in Space, thank you and cheers from the void.
1: Bye.